Hey, this is Stephen Bishop, and you're listening to Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Available on Amazon. Wheezy, John. So you're in the studio. You can see me. I've got right now. I've got like this headphone on my on my head. You do. But normally, like my hair is kind of you know my hair is my thing. My I'm very I'm very my hair is kind of a signature for me. Okay. And I haven't changed my hairdo in about thirty years, maybe more. But. Anyway, so I'm very attached to this part of me because I think it represents me. I think people associate it with me. You know, it's kind of become a sign that with my feathers, especially my feathers in my hair, which I started because my hairdresser, who is Cindy Wright at Coif Salon in Studio City, you know, when I was coming out to L.A., um, a dozen years ago, I had a guy in New York that I went to for years, and I was really traumatized that I was moving to Los Angeles and I was going to have to find a new hairdresser, and I was pretty freaked out about it because I don't, yeah, it's, that's your hair is your thing. Yeah, anything yeah. else, you know, I'll go to yeah, but no, and actually that's not true. I'm loyal to like the same doctor, the same anyway. So my friend Kathleen Wilhoyt. Fabulous actress, fabulous singer. You, Kathleen's fabulous. Yeah. She suggested that I go to Cindy. I loved her hair, and I I was scared. And it was before we moved out here, like six months before, so I could find somebody before. Right? I was like looking for a house and looking for a hairdresser. Those okay. were the two important okay. things. Yeah. So And the schools. It was all about the schools. Well, anyway, so I go to Cindy, and she does my hair the first time, and it's magic. And so now it's 12 years later. Nobody touches my hair but Cindy Wright at Coif Salon in Studio City. She is phenomenal. She does my highlights because I'm not a natural salt and pepper. No, I, somebody said I had salt and pepper. I don't have gray in my hair. No, it's blonde and whatever other color that is. And there's a lot of that. And it's kind of very stripey and, and kind of not natural looking, which I love. And it's very choppy and, and kind of... It's an event. It's an event. The hair is an event. And Cindy is brilliant every time. And, you know, like I, I look back at pictures and I see that, you know, it's changed minimally, you know, through like, and, you know, each time when I do it, I'm like, oh, I liked it better last time until like two weeks later and then I love it. Anyway, I can't recommend her highly enough. I love, love, love her. So if you are looking for somebody that you can trust, depend on, who's fantastic and who's so much fun, I, she's become one of my best friends, go to Cindy Wright at Quaff in Studio City. Welcome to Vicki Abelson's broadcast, The Road Taken, Celebrity Maps to Success. Vicki's the creator and host of the renowned celebrity-driven literary salon, Women Who Write, and the author of Amazon bestseller, Don't Jump. Here's Vicki. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Wheezy. How are you guys? Very well. How are you, Vicki? You know, I've had um, a bit of a challenging week. Yeah. Um, I lost a close friend oh, this week no. to breast I'm cancer. Sorry. Thank you. And it was um, 
not completely unexpected because she's been stage four metastasized breast cancer for some years and um, uh, she's had not good luck with drugs and stuff, but she was on this recent, she got on a recent one. It was the first time she had some hope where her numbers were getting better. I saw her just two and a half weeks ago. She's from New York and I saw her in LA and um, she did look alarmingly thin, but the morning that she passed, Monday morning, she was um, she was producing her docu- a documentary for her cancer land, which she, she's been a huge um, uh, advocate for other women and for for trying to get a cure and stuff. And uh, her name's Champagne Joy, and um, she's been tireless and fierce in trying to raise awareness and and raise money and all of that. And so she was on the set Monday morning, uh, looking. Unbelievable! She's the most colorful person I've ever seen. Bright, you've Louise. I think you've seen pictures of, of I champagne. I have seen pictures. I'm not sure that I've met her. Yeah, but she's just wild looking. Mm-hmm. You know, color, color, color everywhere. Her mm-hmm. hair, her crazy makeup. You know, wild, full of color, and that's her personality. Just full of color, full of life. And so she, there she was that morning, dressed to the not. You know, dressed fabulously, all made up. Um, looking happy, checked off her thing, on, liked her thing on Instagram, and the next thing I read, like six hours later, she had passed. Oh and, my goodness! And so uh, just really um, devastating. And um, my stepfather, in the middle of the night, again rushed to the hospital, and now he's got gallstones, and he's ninety-three, and they don't want to do surgery, and he's not really eating. And my mother, my poor mother, and it's so. There's been a lot of stuff, and I'm actually having a procedure tomorrow. Oh boy! Um, because I was in a car accident. I know, Lindsay, you were in a car accident yeah. recently. Well, mine broke my nose. The airbag oh, broke my nose, and so um, that could be the title of your next book, though. <laughs> the airbag broke my nose. Yes, yes, the airbag <laughs> broke my nose, and so I've been putting it off because I I was hoping that um, my deviated septum would correct itself, but I guess it hasn't. So I still can't breathe out of the right side of my nose. So the plastic surgeon was pointing out that I have a bump because of it. And then he said, and you also have a hereditary hump. So a bump and a hump, a bump and a hump. I have a bump and a hump. But you know what? I've I've opted to leave my bump and my hump alone because I am who I am. And this is who I am. And even though I wasn't this, this bump I did not have prior Uh to the accident. Um, and they could just change, fix the bump. You know, it means breaking the nose oh, again no. and going oh, through no. all of that. And I, no, you, thank you. And no, I no. just don't. So I was told that it was going to be this, you know, not a big deal, you know, that um, I'd have a little packing. And, and, and I, I don't, Louise, you read my book. So I describe in great detail when I my nose was broken in my 20s. In those days, they didn't put you to sleep when they did the surgery, and they took a hammer. And they said, don't worry, it'll just be a little pressure. Well, that hammer was coming down on my nose, and I'm there looking at it. Fuck yeah. a little pressure. It was, they, you could have built a house with that with that hammer. It was, oh my God, it was horrendous. And the, the, the recovery was awful, and I looked ter- scary, and... Um, this is going to be nothing like that, just a deviated septum. We're not breaking anything, no big deal. A little swelling, you know, you have to take some steroids, it'll be fine. Um, so I call today and the nurse says to me, well, you know, you'll have a splint for a week. I'm like, what? 
I can't have a splint for a week. I have a show next Wednesday. What do you mean I'm going to have a splint? No, there's no. I can't, I can't go out with it. What are you talking? At? No, I just RSVP to movie night on Sunday. No splint. And so it turns out I'm not going to have a splint. Okay. But this does not instill a lot of confidence that she didn't Ooh. know this, right? right? So I'm now, I'm doing this in the morning and I'm like a little... The um, and of course no liquids or anything after midnight and now my procedure is not going to be at nine I don't go till eleven thirty I'm going to want coffee I'm going to be cranky no you can't have any coffee I'm going to drink some water now I'm going to hydrate um, hydrate hydrate mm-hmm. hydrate yeah but anyway so I, I hopefully it's going to be fine I was a little crazy because Venus is in retrograde you're not supposed to do anything cosmetic but I'm not doing cosmetic Zoe Moon gave me the kiss of everything is going to be fine um, it's a new moon in my health sector that should be a good sign but anyway um, it's been just a challenging sort of thing I've done a few boneheaded things this week um, but the thing that I, I, I wanted to talk about um, up at the top of the show today is uh, you know, I do this thing, Women Who Write, and uh, Louise has been coming for years and has been shooting for me wonderfully, and we I miss you terribly when you're not there, Louise. We had an unbelievable day yesterday. Um, when this show airs, it'll be a little bit, but it's, um, I've been shooting, we've been putting them up on Facebook Live, and so a lot of people have been joining us. But what I've discovered is that... Um, I didn't make the correlation until last night that we've been doing Facebook Live for about, I, I think, five or six of them. And attendance has changed in the room because people are opting to stay home and watch it on their screens no. instead of being there live. You yes. have to have a brownout like the football games. I'm telling you, I'm getting like 20. Like it's not available in the Los Angeles area. I got a 20, 20 people canceled on me yesterday. Now, I would say, yeah, five of those people were really sick. I'm not buying the 20 no, people weren't. were really sick no, yesterday. No, no. And, um, and, and it's, you know, they don't have to get de- deal with the traffic. They don't have to. But you know what? The thing is, it's not the same. Yes, you're, you're getting to experience uh, in real time the show, but live theater, live events, a live concert, there is nothing like that. For those of us that were in the living room yesterday, that we had this, this uh, duo, Schoolcraft and, and Murray, and they are gen- they are hysterical. They were fantastic. You, that energy, as wonderful as it is, on, I had watched a video of them and I liked them enough to book them, but it was nothing like seeing them live. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the energy of the women together, our communal energy, the, the networking, the chatting, the eating, the, the laughing together. It's like the difference between going to a movie and watching it at home. And, I, you know, I'm guilty myself. I go to far less movies in the theater. I, but what, what my point of all of this is, I think we've become so used to doing our, living our lives on screens mm-hmm. you know there was that great um what's that um netflix show that british show where they each one was different and downton abbey no <laughs> no? no i can keep guessing the british. sci-fi Upstairs, one down skins no. what Skin. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, it, the, Bri- D- Dallas Bryce Howard did the one with the screens. Doctor and, Who. No, it's this. It's new. It's new. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, in in one of the episodes, everybody is everybody. They don't even look at each other. They just are judging each other on screens. They're rating each other, and I feel like so much of life now is being lived on screens right. and we are communicating less. Well, we're communicating plenty. I'm communicating more than I ever have with people, but I'm doing a typing. I'm not talking to as many people. I'm on the phone less. I'm in real life with them less. All right. Have you heard of Game Layer? No. Game Layer is where, I mean, Subway kind of figured this out. Yeah. 
so did AA, really. Mm-hmm. But you get credit for showing up. And so if everybody had like a women who write ticket mm-hmm. and then it got clicked like with a punch mm-hmm. every time they showed up, mm-hmm. then they would get a free Subway sandwich or a free Vicki Abelson's Women Who Write. I love every that. Every 10th time, but they have to come and get it clicked because people get sort of addicted to that satisfaction of earning another point. I love that. I think that's a brilliant idea. You know, whatever it takes. But for me, the, the, the main tragedy is that we're losing that face-to-face, that connectedness. And um, I, uh, it makes me really sad. I know I'm living less of my life in the real world and way more of my life online. You and- could also just have Carl Reiner come back because that seems <laughs> to do the trick. Yeah. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's not about a one, but it's not about a one thing, a one-off, mm-hmm. you know, it's about... Being a this, part of a community. Yes, it's about the community. And yes, it matters that we have a Women Arrive group page on Facebook. And the, for those of you out there, men or women, you're invited to join a Vicki Abelson's Women Who Write group. And we do we do um, 30-day writing challenges. And we're there to support each other through all everything. Um, in fact, Louise's show, Journals Out Loud, um, has an opportunity right now. And I'm going to go on there and promote it on our group page. And everyone's going to get on and, and be supportive of what Louise is doing. And that's what we do on there so yes we can support each other online and for those of you out there who don't know about journals out loud especially if you've got teenagers um, or pre-teens Louise has a fantastic podcast called journals out loud which uh, it deals with teenage issues and um, real teens are on there discussing them and there's callers and and there's questions and answers and it's a wonderful thing there's an app there's an app. There's, There's even an app. an app. There's actually two apps. Okay. There's two apps. What's, yep. yeah? Why are there two, Louise? Oh, one is more anonymous. One is called Journals Network Advice, and one is called Journals Network. And uh, that one, people have screen names, and I just felt that maybe people would ask more questions if nobody uh-huh. knew who the heck they were. I bet, I bet that's probably true. Yeah. They're um, a planet instead. <laughs> yeah, you get to pick a planet, and everybody's like one of ten planets. Well, and the reason cool. there's ten planets uh-huh. is because, you know, the moon gets its own avatar. So. <laughs> the moon well, is cool. Um, well, you know, so so supporting your podcast and, and for us to rally around, we can do all that stuff online, but there's nothing like looking each other in the eye, breaking bread together, which we do uh, with not a lot of carbs, but there's carbs. There's Penny's uh, incredible kugel. <gasps> Penny. And you don't get to have Penny's kugel if you're Penny's watching online. Person. She is. She stays and helps me clean. The yeah. girl is an angel. But She's an angel. it's not just about that. She's just a great person. She's a wonderful person. And she, well, it, it is about that in that she does it by choice and offers and is so gracious because that's who she is and that's who she is in everything in life and penny barnett by the way we give her a plug and but 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 it's the thing that that about showing up for each other and i've just just made the is this co- are you guilting me no what i'm trying to say is i haven't been coming no but i miss you but, like, but the truth <laughs> is i miss you there's a lot of people that i miss that haven't been coming lately and it feels different there look there are a lot of people that that persevere and still come every month and there are new people that have joined but there were a core of us that were going on for years and you know a good chunk of that core doesn't come often anymore and but it's not about women who write as much as it's about living life and the change in life and my (laughs) not that one I've decided that 
I want to be more present in real life. Mm -hmm. I, the dating apps, fuck the dating apps. I want to meet somebody in real life. I, I also, um, although I walked into, I went to a live event on Sunday, actually. I did get out of my house and show up and drive way across LA in traffic on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first person I saw was somebody who was a regular at Women Who Write for years and has gone through a divorce and she introduced me to her new boyfriend. She's been divorced for Ooh. five minutes. Wow. She has a new boyfriend. I'm like, what are you, how did you do this online? But this other site where you pay and you know I'm not on those pay sites and Mm -hmm. I think there's a different commitment when you're paying so it's people are more serious about it right they're serious people you know like they're not fucking around if they're putting coughing up their money they want to meet somebody they want to you know like uh, again uh, you know on this on the free side I meet somebody of great connection just literally disappears disables his account without any explanation and I actually know the guy is on Instagram so I actually went to his Instagram I've never done this before and I said thank you for teaching me twice how much I appreciate grace and thoughtfulness because the guy just fucking disappeared I mean it's that's like, he ghosted well, you, just you. Shamed me he ghosted and now me. he ghosted you he ghosted me awesome. twice that's he terrible. ghosted me once on Cupid and then he ghosted me on uh, Tinder and it's like what what is that that's just so rude it's like say all Don't right ghost people I, I, that's and, me. and it, it turns out I think he's actually not divorced and he's, oh, of course there's a million reasons oh. and it's it's as easy as trolling and it, there's as many reasons to do it as there are to troll like some people don't have a really good ethical core and they're bored. yes and, and and but but okay so it all comes down to the same thing for me which is this anonymous online presence we get or even if i'm not anonymous i'm very much myself online in every capacity but i still get to monitor what I'm letting you see. I monitor the pictures you see, how you perceive me. You you know, I make sure, the, uh, the pictures that are shit that you take, Louise, I don't post those. It's a version of ourselves that we put online. Exactly. That we choose to put online. But, but the reality is that we are more than that. And I want to know all of those sides of people and I want people to know those sides of me. And I want to live my life in the real world. So I'm going to watch less movies on TV. I want, I want to be out there in the world more. I want to walk amongst the stars and the sun more. And I want to, and, and I also want to get my head out of my phone when I'm out in the world mm-hmm. and not be distracted reading emails when I'm, when I am in an opportunity to be with other people. Right. You know, I'm guilty. I was at that event on Sunday and there was all this great music. Now, I was taking notes while I was there. Oh, are you talking about the Wild Honey event? No, it was um, Hillary Rollins had um, a musical um, th- uh, thing that she does uh, once, uh, twice a year. Oh, great. And I actually found a good dozen new musical acts for women who write that I'm ex- really excited to present. And that's where I got Mary Jo, the girl who sang the um, Laura Nero stuff. Were you there for that, Louise? Oh, wow. Oh, that, my. She's, she's great. unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. I found a lot of people there um, through through Hillary. I'm very grateful for that connection. So I was taking notes about the people I was finding, and someone came up to me and said, are you really on? And no, I wasn't You know, checking emails. But actually, I did at one point, and I forwarded something that I shouldn't have, and I compromised some there's no good in coming from this stuff is what i'm trying to say and you know what's good to do though what is a good old-fashioned little notebook 
Because when you're on your phone, you could be actually doing work, but it still looks like you're on your phone. Yes. So put your phone away and take out a little notebook and take good old-fashioned notes. You know, that's what that's what um, my Craig Ames, my stylist, does. He has a little notebook that he does. And, and, and maybe for that, I don't know if it's for that reason, that my problem is that I have a million pieces of paper all over my desk, and I then I, like, have a stack of a lot of little pieces, of, and I can't find anything. And I prefer things on digitally because I can search them, and they're easy easier for me. And then I, I don't have to do it twice. So, um, but there is value to that. Yes. And, and then you could just take a picture of the page. And you can also do that, which I've also done. Um, and I have, um, uh, Samantha just last year brought me this. I just found the little journal because I did, I did my taxes last weekend and I actually filed 15 months of paper. Um, which had been in a in bags in the bottom of my closet, which is now filed away and and just neatly dealt with. But yeah, I I just I just feel really strongly about less time on the screens and more time living life and more time face to face interacting with people rather than just thinking because I'm communicating with them on Facebook that I'm actually having a relationship because I am having a relationship, but it's not the same and it's also not this even picking up the phone brings it to another level and it's also about the arts and how we appreciate the arts and you know somebody was saying to me that they couldn't get tickets for Hamilton but there's a bootleg version on you know on the internet and there is there is, there is a pretty good version and I've seen it I've seen that and Louise we've gotten to see it in the theater and let me tell you there is no comparison in this world nothing no. it's of course not, but if you have the bootleg version, which you'll share with me, right? Sorry, Lynn yeah. Manuel. Um, you can watch it over and over again, which is what I'm craving. Wait, and and that's one thing. And but I've already to, paid $800, so I think I get the, to watch it. And you get to watch it. But the experience of being live for things like music, like in, like we watch my kid, you know, we watch videos rather than going to clubs. Yes, it's expensive. Yes, it takes time. But this brings me to our guest tonight. Ah. Um. Stephen Bishop, this is Lindsay. I'm excited for you to 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 meet Stephen and to to be exposed to his music. Have you ever seen the movie Tootsie? I have not. Okay, so this you know that's not unusual. My kids had not seen it. My son had seen it, but I just watched it with. I went through a lot to find it, and then Samantha and I watched it just over winter break. And there are some movies that don't translate. Um through time but that is not one of them and it's just phenomenal and it really holds up and um and Stephen wrote the the theme song for Tootsie which is gorgeous which is gorgeous and you know we might get a treat tonight because I think Stephen's going to be bringing guitar with him Will so you play that song I'm going to beg him I mean I'm we, we also I would also like to hear something new that he's doing and um and and get to hear that but oh my god I would love to hear him play the song from Tootsie. So, so, what else about Stephen? So, on and on. Uh, another song, Lindsay, that, you know, back in the day, just a beautiful song. The song from Tootsie, by the way, is called It Might Be You. He also wrote a song, Save It for a Rainy Day, which is amazing. He had um, an Oscar-nominated song. Um, Separate Lives, Phil Collins. That's right. Wheezy, right on it. I Wheezy, did you, did you deal with Phil Collins back in the day yes. at Premier Radio? Yes. He's was, adorable. And, and it was right about that time, yes. right? Well, yeah. I, I did all of these interviews for Premier and for Kiss FM during the 
late 80s and all the way through the 90s into the 2000s mm. so this song was definitely the part of the soundtrack of people's lives and it's just a heartbreaker oh Gorg- yeah gorgeous gorgeous song so he's you know he's written songs that have been done by everybody from um wait i was just looking at at at, uh, at the list of people listen to this um so barbara streisand bet midler diana ross um have all done his music um oh no he started playing songs in person for them. Ah, I read them? that badly. I he guess stalked he stalked them. With them. His guitar. Ooh, I want to hear this story. <laughs> his first album was called Careless, and it had Save It for a Rainy Day and On and On on it. Um, he sang the hit theme, you know, It Might Be You from Tootsie, as well as writing it. Um, my favorite Stephen Bishop thing, <laughs> which, did you ever see Animal House, Lindsay? No. Okay. The, okay. Well, <laughs> oh. no, uh, that also is understandable. She's a youngster. She's a youngster. Um, but Animal House is a movie that is hysterical. I, I, th- for me, it holds up. I don't know if it's all nostalgia, but, but anyway, there's a scene in that movie when there's a guy very earnestly playing a guitar, and there's a big frat party, and it's crazy, and people are drunk out of their minds, and they're wearing toga, toga. You know, it's like wild. And this guy is sitting on a on a staircase trying to impress people these these girls singing this very earnest folk song. And John Belushi, who was one of the original from Saturday Night Live, a very, very funny man, grabs the guitar out of his hand and smashes it. Not once, like a lot against the wall, you know, because it's he's disgusted by the earnestness. So that was Stephen Bishop playing that in that which is absolutely adorable. Um he was also um, in Blue London, and this is crazy, too. I did not know this until I, I looked up his credits that he was in Henry Jaglum's Someone to Love. So we have a one degree because I was in Henry Jaglum's The M Word. But Henry Jaglum makes a movie like every month. Well, he, Henry Jaglum does, has been known to make a movie every year, but there's oh. he but he's like Woody Allen and a few other people in Cassavetes in that he uses a core of actors, and he tends to cast, I mean, he discusses discovered uh, Karen Black. He gave it David Duchovny his break. Um, Jack Nicholson he was in early Henry Jaglum, uh, Christopher Walken. I mean, he's he's broken many people. And that's the movie you made with Michael Imperioli. And it's the movie I made with Michael Imperioli. And I have a great Michael Imperioli story for you. Okay. So um, Michael shares a birthday with my father, ah. um, which was March 26th recently and um, I always send Michael um, a note to say happy birthday and he knows that he shares that day with my dad and it's special Um, it so happens that Michael uh, that Samantha my daughter works at Tribeca Grill in New York and when she got to work that day she saw that there was a reservation for Michael Imperioli made by Drew who was on our show Drew Nieporin who owns Tribeca Grill with Robert De Niro and Michael and his family were going to be a Tribeca Grill that day. So here I am wishing Michael a happy birthday in the morning. And a couple of hours later, Samantha was checking his coat. So I said, you have to say something. She said, I'm not allowed. Aww. No, you have to. No, I can't. It's not professional. I said, Samantha. I. She said, unless I know him personally. I said, Samantha, he's been in your house. He read <laughs> in your living room. She, no, I can't. And she didn't. So now by the time um, I know I find out this is going on, I text Michael and tell him that Samantha checked his coat, but she's gone already. Oh. But he said, oh, my God, she was so, she, the apple doesn't fall, blah, blah, blah. But how <laughs> crazy, what, what kind of, that, that's just craziness. But let's get back to Stephen Bishop. So, <laughs> so 
Um, Stephen was nominated for two Grammys and awarded an Oscar nomination for his song Separate Lives. His newest album is entitled Be Here Then. Um, uh, but actually, I think he even has a newer one than that. I hear it. Um, and we want to hear about it. He, um, and in Eric Clapton's autobiography, he mentions Stephen as one of his favorite songwriters. Wow. When Eric Clapton thinks you're the shit, you're yeah. the shizzle, man. Yeah. So um, we know it. Lindsay, have you heard of Eric Clapton? Yes. Yeah. That okay. name I know. Yay! <laughs> you know, also interesting is that when Stephen was just a kid, he was a clarinetist. And my dad, my before-mentioned father, played the clarinet. And when I was in junior high, I played the clarinet. Except when I did it, I couldn't get a flute. All the flutes were taken. Yeah, yeah. So I was assigned the clarinet. Mm. And... I had very long hair like you, Lindsay, and I used to cheat. I didn't really learn the fingering. I would re I would look and put my hair over my things. I did the same thing when touch typing. I didn't learn how to do that either. So I cheated my way and of course who did I cheat? Myself, because I never really learned you don't to, know play, how the to clarinet. play the clarinet. Do you, Vicky? I suck. But I did learn I do know how to wet a, a reed okay. properly okay. and how to get a proper sound from a mouthpiece. Although it has been fifty years. So that or can get you into years. certain parties. It could, it could possibly get me into certain parties. So I'm really excited um, to chat. I invited Stephen to come to Women Who Write and to play for us. And when I told him that it was at 11 o'clock in the morning, he laughed at me. He was like, I don't say, I, no, there's no singing at 11 o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know what? Mickey Dolan's told us the same thing. Howard Kalen told us the same thing. But I, I badgered them for so long that they eventually gave in and did it and had a fabulous time. So now I'm finding out Stephen might be willing to sing it like noon. So if I make him like the headliner, thing, yeah. and if you can come at like 1230 and sure. sing, so I'll be pressuring him today to come and sing for us at Women Who Write. All right. But um, in the meantime, we got him right here, right now on the road taken. So ladies, let's welcome Stephen Bishop. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the road taken. Hi. <laughs> so I'm 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 very excited to uh, to have you in the studio, Stephen, because I've been trying to get you for a while now. It's yeah. been, I've been I've been courting you for mo some months now. Yes, yes. And um, I was telling uh, Louise and, and the flowers we, came. They're very nice. <laughs> I was. I, I, I'm shitty with the. Yeah, I, I got to get on the seas. Can't would seas candy have done it quicker? Uh, no, flowers are good. Oh, flowers are good. So I was telling. Um, Louise and Lindsay, that the first thing I tried to do originally was to get you to come and live to do Women Who Write to the, the literary salon. And that when I told you it was at 11 in the morning, that was oh. like, oh, no, I don't sing at 11 in the morning. No, it's <laughs> not. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a happening guy in the morning, but it's usually two in the morning, three yeah. in the morning, four in the morning, <laughs> yeah. sometimes five in the morning. I, I'm right I there with that. you. We we were we were emailing it like forum. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Night owl. Um, the thing about the salon um, that I think I told you, you know, I I chased Mickey Dolan's and Howard Kalen for years to get them. They because they also said I don't sing in the morning, um, and but then they did it and. It was pretty spectacular. So um, I'm going to still. Morning? Yeah, it was a whole spectacular. It's a spectacular thing. And we also go live on the Facebook. So there's like a couple thousand more people watching it. Oh. And um, so it becomes like this bigger event now. Um, but back then when they did it, we weren't. But it was just the women in the room. But it's just, it's an incredible. But anyway, you said after, new, after 12, you can. Yeah. So we're going to work it out. We're, so we're going to get you in the living room and get you to do it. So okay. because I was telling you that the reason if you just came and talked, I went into the Grammy Museum and saw Boz Skaggs a couple years ago. Uh -huh. 
He didn't sing, not a lick. And I walked out of there. I, I, I was suicidal. I couldn't take it. You can't give me Boz Skaggs and not give me Lowdown. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it, it was also a very kind of tedious interview where they were just talking about who the engineer was and the bass player on a track and who cares? It's Boz Skaggs. I, you know. So it was very frustrating for me to be in a room with him and not because his music, you are your music. I mean, I can't separate Stephen Bishop from on and on and yeah although you could separate Stephen Bishop from Boz Skaggs <laughs> well there you go that's a good point so we're gonna have fun tonight I love it <laughs> so you're one of the rare people maybe the only person that I've had on this show that I don't know in real life oh um Carol Bayer Sager was the first actually she was the first and we did that one on the phone so I never I haven't really had a face-to-face so this hmm. is an unusual but we have um a one degree which is uh, interesting and I didn't know until I read your bio that you did a Henry Jaglum film oh yeah as have I oh and you did yes which um, movie recently um the M word with Michael Imperioli I don't know that one. Yeah, it's new. And the the most recent, um, which I'm in for like a second, which I, I'm actually spacing on what the name of it is. It'll come. Ovation. His 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 newest. Oh, I don't um, know that. But, but, but I was you, in um, some, Someone to Love. So tell me about that experience working with Henry. What was that like? Well, that was like, what, 85? Yeah. It was fun, you know. I mean, it was fun because it was, you know, his movies are all, I don't know whatever anybody says, but they're all like improv. Totally, totally. 100%. I mean, he gives you sometimes the idea of what, where to go, but... Um, yeah. You know, and, and so if anybody ever looks up that movie, they'll see me and come, trying to come on to uh, Sally Kellerman. Nice. In one scene, and then... Um, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun back then. How did um, how did that happen? How did you um, connect with Henry and get I, that? I kept role? running into him, and uh, he he. Uh, I had this character back then. I was doing Blue London. Uh, I was the sixth member of the Dave Clark Five, and uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you know, and he he used that name, uh, so that was my name in the in the movie. And then I I think I sang I sang a little bit of Looking for the Right One, my my, my uh-huh. song. Uh, in there and it was just fun you know i did a, a couple of movies i did okay uh, my favorite thing of you other than your music Animal i was House. just telling i yeah i mean come on that 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 scene is, is i so- gave my love a cherry this is what he's singing Lindsay, in that no stone <laughs> I gave my love a chicken. Now, do I grab the guitar out of no, your No, you don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> grab it and smash it. But that that's just classic. And, and I didn't know that that was you until years later. I oh, really? Didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that was you at the time. Maybe Actually, maybe I, I was very stoned at the time. So it's possible <laughs> that I did know at the time and then forgot. That Wait, when you watched the movie? I was so high when I saw that movie. As really? a ma- <laughs> oh, God. It's a great movie. It still holds up. still funny. It, I, it totally does. It totally does. It does for me. I was telling Lindsay, I'm giving her a list of movies she has to watch in Tootsie. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. So it's true. I uh, have bef- a long list. Before we get to like all all the great things that you that you have done, let's start out. Your, so you're little Stephen Bishop. Where, where do you grow up? Where 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 you grow up? Seriously, <laughs> I'm little Stephen Bishop. You're a little Stephen. Bishop. Um, I grew up in San Diego. Okay. I um, my father was uh, actually a singer. I didn't know oh. that he he was an insurance guy when mm-hmm. I was growing up, but but uh, originally. He was a singer. He met my mom in Key West, and he was singing. And you know, I found this out years later. I didn't even know I, I was already singing. What kind of what kind of singing? What kind? Of, my father was a was a singer. What what kind of singer was Crooner. he? Crooner. Yeah, yeah. 
crooner, you know, that kind of thing. Did he did he do it like nightclubs and stuff like that? He was doing clubs, uh-huh. little clubs, but not, you know, he he didn't stick with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took my mom from Florida uh, and then brought her to San Diego. Uh, and, you know, and then uh, we, they got divorced when I was five. And then I started um, just listening to like, you know, things like Davy Crockett theme, you know, and stuff like that when I was like a kid. I just loved Davy Crockett. What was the Davy Crockett theme? I don't remember the Davy Crockett uh, theme. I, I don't remember. Davy, Davy Crockett, Crockett, king of the wild frontier. frontier. I guess I do remember. <laughs> and then, 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 and Fixed up the crack in the Liberty Bell. <laughs> That's Davy, not how it goes. Davy Crockett. Kings of the Wild. Killed him a bear when he was only three. I know. I'm not doing the whole thing. Oh, okay. It's got <laughs> great God. lyrics. I can't believe you remember that. Oh, yeah. Picky over here. I'm oh, lucky I can God. remember anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So, so when do you pick up a guitar? When, when does that happen for you? When I want to? No, no, no. When, when you, no, I mean when you were little. When did you start playing guitar? When, oh, I mean, you, oh. No, wait. wait oh, but I you, play, you meant now. No, but you, you played the clarinet first, which I read. That, That's which 10. is my father was a clarinetist, and I was just explaining. I played the clarinet, and in, in but I cheated. I didn't really learn how to do it, and I used to look at my fingers and never really did play well. But but you were like a serious clarinet. Well, I'm, first. no, not that serious. I mean, I was a beginning uh, orchestra, and then intermediate orchestra, and then. And the Beatles came along, and I was in the Beatles orchestra. <laughs> I was so, were you into play, that. <laughs> were you playing guitar at the same time that you were playing clarinet? Or I I started playing. I was still playing clarinet in the orchestra and everything. Mm-hmm. And I and my brother uh, got me a um, uh, a guitar, uh, an electric guitar, uh, mm. and uh, hooked up uh, uh, his uh, stereo to make it into like speakers and. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I was I was playing guitar, but I had a I had a foe in my home because my stepfather was uh, an opera singer and a, oh, wow. and he hated rock and roll, he hated oh. British Invasion, hated the Beatles, hated all oh. that stuff. So I had to fight against that. So I wasn't allowed to play guitar in my house for a long time. Oh wow! So I'd have to sneak and play it in a closet, and you know, try and write a song in a closet. That's not easy. Well, so, okay, so so when did the songwriting start? What what was the? Do you remember the first thing you wrote? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I was um, thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, well, I I have a capo on now, but uh, I had I would just I would just go. I know that she loves me. 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 Yeah. So I just that was my first time. You want to be technical? And then I love uh, then it. I then I uh, then I started writing. Uh, then I wrote this uh, terrible uh, instrumental, like Beach Boys ripoff. And it's just terrible. It's just terrible. That was called Surf Turf. <laughs> and then I started writing, um, you know, kind of weird songs. I got into, you know, strange titles and, you know, things like There's a Hair in Your Enchilada and Beer Can on the Beach and She Took All My Kumquats and so I, I'm, I'm assuming, Fly on Her Lips. I'm assuming you like Zappa because these sound Well, dulling. I didn't know about Zappa back then. Ah. Not really. No, okay. I was... I was. You I were was, just a strange kid. I was a strange kid, but I was also following the... 
you know, British invasion thing. But they you know? weren't doing titles like that. No, no, they weren't. But um, that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's know? very interesting. Oh, I started off doing writing really strange songs. It's, it's funny because the first I, I was so broke. Uh, that when the Beatles came along, I couldn't afford a Beatles album at you know whatever it was like a dollar twenty nine or something. Mm-hmm. So I could only afford a Bugs album. This group called the Bugs. They were like a copy Beatles band. Wow, I'm trying to. So remember. I was really into the Bugs wow. instead of when everybody else was into the Beatles. Because the Bugs album was only like a quarter or something. It was only like you know yeah it was only like <laughs> thirty nine cents or something. <laughs> I don't know why I'm uh, sharing that with you. But. That's very interesting. I kind of like it. Okay, so so you're playing clarinet in school. You can't really play guitar at home. Do, do you? What, what's your dream when you're a kid? Like, what's your first ambition that you want to be when you grow up? Do you remember? Yeah, um, they actually had um, uh, a test um, in my school when I was like about twelve, and they asked me. Uh, vocationally um uh what what do i want to be when i grow up you know and i I, number one i put um uh, songwriter Mm -hmm. wow uh this must have been 13 though i must have been 13 not 12 songwriter then second i put singer then third i put um history teacher and then fourth i put president of french's mustard company (laughs) because i i love French's mustard. We so would not have gotten along. I'm the hot mustard girl. French's like freaks me out that yellow stuff. But oh, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Oh, so it's oh. the this the spicy brown is is the, oh, that's the thing. The one. That's the one. Uh-huh. So French's my I can't believe you remember those that you actually remember what order they were in and I do. <laughs> you remember what they Okay, so you But it's funny to... you mention that cuz I've been having problems with my short-term memory, mm-hmm. my long-term memory, and my short-term memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well tonight. So um, I, I've been taking coconut oil in my coffee every morning from oh, my wow. memory. It's yeah. It's, Does that really help? You know, I have to tell you, I stopped. I went to see my daughters in New York in college, and I stopped for like ten days while I was away, and I forgot. Once I started, like, I was forgetting everything. My long term's really good. I wrote a book I wrote about everything that happened, but my short term's terrible, and it was scary. So I started doing the coconut oil, and um, I found that once I was doing it for, like, about six months, I, if I gave myself 30 seconds, I could remember pretty much anything. I just had to give myself the seconds. But when I was in New York and I wasn't doing it, and the week after since I've been back, I've been struggling again trying to come up with things so i think it mm. is helping you know what gets me is when you go oh i gotta get that thing and you go to your to the kitchen and you're, yeah. what was that thing exactly what was that <laughs> i exactly. hate that yes and it happens all the time or you know did i did i did i do something right did i did i lock the door did i take my phone you know yeah. j- just I think that it's stupid time for stuff some. it's time i'd love that <laughs> <laughs> okay this is sorry i wrote with a a, a great songwriter named Tia Sillers. Uh, it's on my Be Here Then album, uh, which I'm, is my we're, one we're right before this new one, Blueprint. We're holding it up. Louise is going to take a picture because we'll... Oh, okay. Well, I'll put this in front well, from of all, That far away, it'll look pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're filming? Oh, she's filming. I love it. Okay, so all right. So tell us about anyway, it. Anyway, it's. Uh, I wrote it with the, uh, the girl who uh, co-wrote... Um, I hope you danced. You know that song. <gasps> I, I hope you love danced. that. Song. Uh, something Lindsay knows. Yay! Isn't that a great song? <laughs> I love that song. It's a great song. Uh, and and uh, her name's Tia Sillers. And 
she wrote that was I can't remember who she wrote it with, but um, uh, I went down there and I wrote this song with her, and I just thought she was fantastic. Uh, it's about a runaway. It's called Pretty Baby. Have you seen my pretty baby holding a halo walking down the road? Thanks for asking. Her name is Angel, and I'm the fool who let her go. If you know my Little darling, could you tell her I've been on my knees Sending whispers up to heaven Turn her around and bring her home to me Whoa, I'm no good at all without her Talking about love, you're talking about her. If you see my pretty baby, tell me so. Here's a picture, my girl smiling. Don't it take your breath away? You think that's something? Ought to see her in real life. She Outshines the sunshine most any day. <clears throat> Whoa, I'm no good at all without her. Whoa, I don't care if the whole world knows. Whoa, if you're talking about love, you're talking about her. You can't seem to stop talking about her. If you see my pretty baby, tell me so, tell me so. Ooh. Have you seen my pretty baby holding a head? Down the road Thanks for asking Her name is Angel And I'm the fool who let her go I let her go I let her go Don't know why baby go Don't know why I let my pretty baby go I can't even talk about how much I love that song <laughs> I love that song 
Wow. I love it. Oh, my God. I love that song, Stephen. I'm so mm. excited. Um, I'm, I'm going to be promoting the crap out of this. Oh, well, that's on here then. I absolutely. All right. So, wait. Before you play us more music, but tell, I tell just us. had a co- terrible cold in Japan. I'm just, oh. like, getting over it still. Well, Japan. you sound amazing. So, now, what, what, what was your process with that? So, when you're co-writing a song, are you... The li- does one person write the lyrics, one write the music? Did you do it together? No, what we comes- did it together. And what comes but first? I had, what came first was I had the melody. Uh, uh, have you? Uh, what did I have? The first part of it was like, um, Have you seen my... Uh, I didn't have Pretty Baby. I had, mm-hmm. uh, Have you seen my crazy girlfriend <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> by the river or something mm-hmm. like that I, I, it just started out like that i had a little bit of it uh-huh. and so she kind of took it she was amazing it's She's a fabulous incredible song. writer great great talent so okay so so let's so let's go back to how you started songwriting so so you, that first song that you did with that that little riff that you did over and over i love you or i love you or whatever that yeah. one was so so the beatles inspired you that it started with the beatles for you not totally. Um, you know, uh, Davy Crockett. It started with Davy Crockett. Crockett, and then I think my brother used to bring home a lot of folk music. You know, it was like, and I was like ten and, mm-hmm. and nine and stuff. And I used to, I used to start listening to the Limelighters and the Kingston Trio, mm. and you know, Michael Rowe, the boat ashore. Hell yeah! Hallelujah! 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 You know, and listen to all that uh, that early um, folk stuff. But you know. Uh, I just started writing. I just and... met Art Podell of the the new Christie Minstrels. Um, I heard him sing on Sunday. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, great. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, so you're listening to to folk music. You're listening to Davy Crockett. The Beatles come along. You know right away this is what you want to do. Um, well, not necessarily. Well, I mean, I knew I I, I wanted to. Yeah, I, I mean, it just seemed like the natural thing when I was like that age. I had. Friends of mine, and and uh, we we formed a band called uh, Stave and the Marquise. I was Stave, <laughs> and Stave. What does Stave mean? Well, um, I told my mom back then, Mom, you know, when you're when I'm around the guys, call me Stave. <laughs> oh, because it's Steve. Because <laughs> it sounded like English. <laughs> it's like I would be in, the, in my ty- uh, you know. I would be in typing class or something, and you know, you go, uh, yes, and uh, in seat four, I go, that's Dave's teacher. <laughs> and you go, are you from here? You know, <laughs> yeah. So I always like I did I did that one day. Sound like and I was Stave, and then my friend Mark was the Marquis. So he was <laughs> Stave and the Marquise. I love it. And we did. We barely did anything. We did. You know, finally at some point, I got together with some. Um, uh, guys, and we formed this group called the Weeds, and then we we played uh, nothing to do with weed, right? And back then, it was just the Weeds in the backyard, uh-huh. and we wound up playing, um, you know, this park and all these girls, would, you know. So now, wait, you're not the cl- like, are, you, are you, you're the guitarist? Are you the lead singer? Yeah, you're the lead singer and the guitarist. Yeah, okay. And for a while, I was doing. Um, we were really into the Stones back then too. And I was, uh, I loved Mick Jagger. And for a while there, I was doing, we didn't have a bass, and, and my friend Mark just played guitar. And uh, we had two guitars and drums, and I had tambourine, you know. <laughs> you know uh, 
place was rocking, doing, <laughs> going round and round, you know, with the tambourine. And I loved it. I thought, this is where I want to be. I want to have a tambourine. I want that back then. I was 14 or something. So now, was it was it about girls? What what was it about oh, yeah, for you? It was you? always about girls. It was always about girls. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, we played this park, and it was like the first time any girls would ever talk to me. All of a sudden, it was like girls were talking to me. I, Whoa, this is a pretty good deal. Were you good in school? <laughs> were you like a good student? Um, I was I was shy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Academic. I, I was I was an okay student. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say I was. I, I used to get you know B's and mm-hmm. C's. Mm-hmm. And so your stepfather wasn't supportive of what you were doing. Was your mother no. supportive of what you were yeah, doing? Yeah, my mom was. She, you know, I'd play her songs and stuff when I was like fifteen. Why well, she'd be? My mom was really religious, so she'd be like doing the dishes, and she'd be like, you know, oh the Lord is our shepherd. <laughs> and I'd like go, Mama, you want to hear my new song? She go, Oh, okay, honey. And then right in the middle of the song, she'd be, the Lord is our shepherd. <laughs> like, Mom, I'm singing. <laughs> That's fabulous. How and how, as you started to ha- okay, so how did success start to happen for you? So you have these bands and you're playing out in right. parks and stuff. And, and then we, um, you know, we tried to make it in L.A. and we recorded in L.A. a little bit. And uh, first time I ever I saw a star, I saw Ray Charles because we recorded mm. at his studios. It was mm. like really cool. And uh, but we wound up uh, breaking up, and then I wound up uh, moving to. Um, uh, L.A. from San Diego, and my friend Mark lived in my kitchen of a studio apartment. We put a curtain up. You know, it was real hippie stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, and then uh, I got a. Uh, I I actually walked the streets uh, looking for publishers, and I and I wound up going to you know um, what was it called back then? Uh, it was a famous studio. Uh, it's it's a Phil Spector's old studio. Hmm. Um, hello, where's my brain? You need coconut oil. I need coconut <laughs> oil. Um, uh, you know, it was uh, where uh, Phil Spector recorded all when his you, hits. When you stop thinking of the sound factory, the, the factory. Not the, the sound no, factory. No, no, not the, the factory. Um, it was uh, called, uh, anyway, I can't remember. So uh, I went in there, and it was on, I think it was on Vine, and I went York in there, and I talked to the secretary or mm-hmm. something, and she said, go up here to... There's a guy, this publisher, you know, E.H. Morris, and anyway, they, they told me where to go, and so I wound up going up there, and they, I wound up signing a, a deal, uh, um, uh, 50 bucks a week as a staff songwriter. How many songs did you walk in there with? Oh, you know, I had a ton of songs back then. They were all lousy, but did, I, had a I, ton I was going to say, did you have any that ended up turning into something? Kind of. I had one that was called Every Minute that was wound up being on my first album, uh, my album Careless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just had a guy just the other day said, oh, I love that song, you know, and it was, I wrote it when I was 18. I love that. Yeah. Give us a little taste. Oh, every, every, uh, every minute and every hour every minute find you somehow every minute and every hour every minute <laughs> something like that 
So <laughs> now, how does songwriting my, happen? My friend James Lee yeah. Stanley wound up recording that on James his Lee first is song. a good friend of mine know, too. You know I love I love him. Tom Stanley. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's wonderful. Mike he's Nesmith produced one of my years. events and James Lee came up to the Henry Miller Library that Nesmith promoted and oh, great, did great. a set and oh, yeah, has he's done my funny. He's a great James performer. Lee's done my living room twice. Oh really? Yes, he has. Great. He's fabulous. So so what comes first for you? Like, so do you get you get do you do you hear music first usually, or how well, usually it... it's the title. Re- if I get a good title, then I go, oh, I love that title, and then I'll I'll be in love with this title, and then that that'll carry me into a, writing the song. Usually, um, other with your songs, hits, has that happened with your hits? Is that how they started? On and on came about yeah. that way. I was just walking down to a store, a corner, a grocery store, and came up with that title you know just you know not that it's anything you know phenomenal but well uh, the song is i mean you turned it into something phenomenal yeah so i I wound up uh my landlady had um you know all these flowers from all over the world Mm -hmm. so it kind of gave me this inspiration to write something from somewhere else so down in jamaica you know wow so and so how and then how did you okay so so what what's the first so you now get hired for $50 a week or whatever to to write songs and are you writing for other people I assume Yeah like I said James Stanley did every minute back okay. then and uh-huh. I was uh, this girl Megan McDonough recorded a song of mine uh-huh. and, uh little by little I was you know getting somewhere but it it took a long time it took about 6 years for me to get a record deal. So during that six years, you're selling, you're, you're making enough to, to pay your rent and to eat? Well, I did. I was I was in a show band. Uh, you know, I had really long hair and and uh, I, had, I backed up this um, singer named Zella Lear. And uh, this is like millions of years ago. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like um, when I first started out, I was like 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I just, you know, just did little you know anything to survive. So, so, you, know? so you were playing out. You were you were selling your song. Other people were singing your songs, but you were still performing and playing out yourself. No, I wasn't really no? performing. I was mm. more like um, you know, not really, unless mm. it was just like an odd uh, show in some club or something. You know, uh, like McCabe's or something. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, I was trying to just you know earn a living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I remember at one point I. I did some ad and some, you know, Dell and the Duwas ad, and I was one of the Duwas or something. <laughs> and then um, uh, for about three weeks uh, on the on the on La Brea, they had this um, lesbian nightclub that I played. Uh, I backed up this transsexual. Nice. Uh, uh, she was on piano. She mm-hmm. was just funny as hell, but mm-hmm. she was, you know. She was. Uh, I, I, you're not supposed to say transsexual now. You're supposed trans. to trans. Transgender. Trans. Yeah. Right. So my wife told me that she <laughs> kicked my ass one day. So uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, but she was funny, and you know, I it was a weird gig, but I was getting two fifty a week. I couldn't believe it. It was like this is good. <laughs> so, so your aspiration wasn't to be a star yourself. Your aspiration was to make a living selling well, songs. No, it was always kind of to be. It always came back to me. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so did you? Okay, but but you were being practical. You you were, you you wanted to put food on the table and right. pay your rent. And did right. you ever have to take like a real job, or were you able to oh, always yeah. make? 
what was so what real jobs did you have? Well, I started out in San Diego before I left for L.A. I was a dishwasher for three weeks. Nice, and that was uh, really disgusting. <laughs> I mean, people. <laughs> I mean, like on the on the bottom. I used to have to hose down with really boiling hot water all the chicken grease. Ooh, and that was weird. Yeah. Um, it was called Broasted Chicken. Broasted. <laughs> Not roasted. Broasted. What does that even mean? I don't even know. I, I, what's the difference? I, I remember that Kenny Rogers used to have yeah, Broasted Chicken. It, it was well, Broasted. Yeah, I don't know I what that was. I think there's water involved. Is there? Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Please anyway, but I was a dishwasher there. Then I came up to L.A. And then um, for a while I sold lithographs on the street uh, and then went door to door. Wow. Uh, and I went back to all my old uh, record companies like Atlantic and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, you know tried to. It was really sad to try, you know, because I was p- pretty dejected. I, I didn't get a record deal, uh, you know, and that was the whole thing, you know, to get a record deal. So, um, so, so you had a fine. publishing deal, but not a record deal for yourself. Right. Okay, gotcha. So then I I, I had a bit of luck uh, in '75. Mm-hmm. This is like so long ago now. 75, where um, my good friend Leah Kunkel, who's still one of my best mm-hmm. friends, I love her. Um, she was she Mama Cass's, Mama Cass's uh, sister. Mm-hmm. And she wound up, um, her husband was going to do a, a session for Garfunkel, Art Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. So she wound up um, having him give one of my cassettes to Garfunkel. And uh, he wound up um, really loving the songs on it. And he wound up. Uh, recording two of my songs on his album Breakaway, which was a big, big thing for me back then. I needed a big break, and that was my big break. What were the songs? Um, looking, looking for the right one. When will the right one ever come along? You know, looking for the right one, and the same old tears on a new background. Same old tears in a new background. So those were your first two big scores. So yeah. how did that change? So so money came from that. Well, not immediately, but mm. um, uh, he was good enough to um, uh, arrange a loan from Columbia for me, so I could exist. Because I had at one point, I almost took a deal where um, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was the big cheese mm-hmm. uh, publisher, still huge mm-hmm. publisher, and he offered me like ten grand for. All my publishing, and if I would have taken that deal, <gasps> it would have been like it would have ruined a totally you. Yeah. D- different life. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Wow. So maybe now I'd take that deal. But <laughs> <laughs> so Art Garfunkel saved you from taking that deal. Do you yeah, think he did? Wow. Yeah. Wow. He arranged uh, to get me, for me to get a loan from Columbia. So after that happened with him, what what happened next? Um. After that, uh, a lot of things were happening around that time in in 75. Uh, My friend Richard Holland, uh, who just called me today, you're my my only friend. This is what he (laughs) always calls and tells me. Um, But he he was going with a girl uh, by the name of Shaka Khan. And she was like hot as a firecracker back then, 75, 76. Hell yeah. She was so sexy and awesome. <laughs> and she sang great and she was amazing. She's still pretty. I just saw her sing at, at oh, like she's incredible. She's still amazing. Yeah. Still an incredible mm-hmm. singer. Great, great talent. Um, so 
her manager was this guy named Bob Ellis, and he wound I up. I know Bob. I used to. <laughs> you knew Bob Ellis? I I booked Woody's. I was the publicist at Woody's. Ronnie Wood? But, yeah, that but, was, he was but Ronnie Bob Wood's El- but, manager. But Bob Ellis had a club in New York on 2nd Avenue called Woody's for a while, and I started he my did? jam there. Yeah. On Bob a- Ellis had a club? Had a club called Woody's. Yeah. And it was. Uh, it was Ron Wood was the figurehead, but it was what Bob year? Ellis. This was 1989, um, 90. Huh. Yeah. Well, we wound up, um, uh, he was my manager. He got me a deal with, wow. uh, you know, ABC back Small then. And, uh, uh, and Roy Halley, who produced Simon and Garfunkel, wound up signing me. Uh, he was the A&R guy there. Wow. So, so you got your deal. So I got so, my deal. So Bob I made got my you first your deal. album, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was he with Diana Ross then? Yeah. <laughs> I wound up going over to see her. Mm-hmm. And back then I, I did this thing where I would go to people's houses and play them songs. I don't think people do that anymore. But I I, I just, there I was. He had me play uh, about 30 songs for Diana Ross. And who should come by just saying hello? Yeah. I mean, it's like a dream come true for a songwriter. Smokey Robinson. Oh, my gosh. Smokey Robinson <laughs> drops in, and there I am playing. And so he says, oh, can I listen? I go, yeah. And I'm just playing all my weird, you know, there's a hair in your enchilada, <laughs> you know, or whatever the hell I was playing. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she was, she, was, uh, she was like on Valium back then or something. She was like kind of really, oh, that's very nice. She was feeling no pain. <laughs> was that around the time of what was that movie? Lady Sings? Oh, Billy's, uh, uh, Billy Holiday uh, Lady story? Sings, was it Lady Sings? If I go out on Sunday, <laughs> cabaret all day Monday. Nice. And no, that is business. <laughs> if I do. Nice. If I get beat up by my papa, and I don't call no coppa. <laughs> and no, that is business. If I do, ain't nobody's business if I do. <laughs> Oh, I love wow. it. Yeah. Okay, so now, so now Bob's I also man- do Diana Ross, but it sounds a hell of a lot like Billie Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so now Bob's managing you. He's married to Diana. Does he talk her into, does she do one of your songs? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> no. That would have been nice. <laughs> would have been no, nice. No, not no. really. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I just go, going back in my memory, I, me- I remember hanging out with them. Bob and Diana Ross uh, at the uh, where'd she play? She played some uh, you know, Caesar's Palace or something mm-hmm. back then, and she was. We were all at the table, and there's Diana Ross, and she's got uh, just nothing but thousand dollar chips. <laughs> oh, Jesus. and she's so bored. She's, you know, just oh, I lost again. Oh, oh. I'm like you know, twenty cents out there, and I'm oh god. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. So you knew him from back then. I knew him from yeah. Oh, he was 89. a wild guy. You're telling me. Was he wild back then too? He he was. A, he's in my book. There's a little bit about him in my book. Well, he's we wound up guys. splitting in in '77 mm. or '76, and then the, his his publicist Trudy Green, which was uh, back then, it was just his publicist. I wound up uh, making her my manager. Wow. So she became my manager, and now she manages. Mick Jagger and wow, she, man- she managed Hart. She managed Michael Jackson. She managed all wow. these people. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. No thanks to me though. <laughs> so, so okay. So you, so you, you are going to people's houses and you're playing songs. Yeah, so who I did, did that you, for so, Ben Midler too. So, uh, so what happened there? I just walked. I just knocked on the door because I I knew Come she on. lived. Yeah, I did. I did. I knocked on her what? door because I knew she lived next door to a friend of mine, and so. Um, 
I just walked in there, and she was about four foot two. <laughs> I mean, she's the smallest little thing. She is one of the kindest people, though. Bette Midler is a terrific person. You know, you talk about my uh, my thing for my my friend uh, Jeff Jones. Mm-hmm. She gave ten grand. Nice for for him. Nice. I mean, she is a terrific person. We I mean, just Bruce Valanche is on the show this the show that's airing this week, and I know Bruce. and and he, he he wrote a lot. Bette was important in his life oh, yeah, his career yeah, she really is he's written a lot of comedy for her person. yeah he said um, things that's about my her view anyway i don't know i i've heard nothing but good things about she's her. really a terrific terrific gal did so, she do any did, so did she do it did she, she take actually a, recorded a song my one more night but then she didn't actually put it on a record mm-hmm. um so yeah uh so so that was very ballsy of you to just so what was that first meet like when you just knocked on her door you know, I don't remember how. I don't know if we had it set up or. Mm-hmm. I had met with her before that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in '78 or '9, and I had met with her back in '76 with with the uh, Brooke. Um, uh, uh, what's his last you name? You so need coconut coconut oil. I, coconut I oil guess so. Coconut oil. Um, I go through this all the time. God, I just saw him just the other day. Anyway, he wanted to see. He was going to uh, produce her, mm-hmm. and so we wound up. Uh, of all things, Helen Reddy did my song "One More Night" on on uh, the Johnny Carson show that night that I was with Bette Midler. Wow! And and, and it was so funny because we wound up watching. <laughs> and Bette Midler goes, "She's such a cow." <laughs> wow! And I was friend- never a big Helen Reddy fan. I got to tell yeah. you, she really. She wasn't very nice to me the very first time I met her. She she recorded uh, a good friend of mine, Harriet Shock, a friend of ours. Uh, she did "Ain't No Way Harriet to Treat Shock. a Lady." Ain't no way to treat a lady. Her um, other there ain't no way to treat a lady. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's Harriet's song. Yeah. So um, okay, so yeah, there's like two degrees all over the place. This yeah, is crazy. Yeah. Well, I've been in the business a long time. You certainly have. Okay, so so you're with Bet and you're watching Helen Reddy. Yeah. Do you, so well, so now how did Helen oh, Reddy get a... your song? How did how did uh, uh, Oddly enough, you know, uh, life's strange. You know, sometimes it's like um, this guy. Well, I, I've had uh, champions in mm. my career where somebody will meet me or hear my songs. They'll go, "I want to champion you. I want to mm-hmm. make Stephen Bishop a big star and get everybody to do his songs and that kind of thing." So I'll always meet these people who kind of discover me in their own way, you know. Uh-huh. And so one of them was Joe Joe Wizard, who produced the Love and Spoonful and a mm. bunch of other people, and uh, he was uh, going to produce her. Mm-hmm. So he wanted her to do some of my songs. So we set up a meeting, and I was just really new. I was I was nobody knew who I was or mm-hmm. anything. And I was I was in the, her office, and she came in with her husband at the time, uh, and she was really like crazy and full of anxiety and she saw me with a guitar Mm -hmm. in her office and she went oh no no live auditions man no live auditions i've been there man i've been there and i'm thinking i'm there now (laughs) (laughs) she's been there i've been there now this is really uncool to say this to me i have my guitar ready to go Uh uh-huh so she said no and then uh her uh husband uh said Hey Helen, no, let's give the kid a break. Come on, let, let's give let him have one song. And she goes, for those okay. of you out there who can't see, Stephen is pushing his finger against his nose to give oh, yeah, him that right. mob look. Okay, and uh, he says, 
just let them do one song, Helen. Mm-hmm. So she goes, all right, just one song. So I do this song of mine that I had written called One More Night. Um, not the Phil Collins song that is One mm-hmm. More Night, but my song, One More Night. And um, I wound up doing it. And she was, that's very nice, very nice. Get me a lead sheet. Cut to three years later, Kim Fowley calls me on the phone, who I knew, known for years and years. And he says, uh, hey, I want to cut One More Night with with Helen Reddy. He's wow. producing her. Wow. And she doesn't even know it's the same song. Wow. Isn't that funny? So that's the business. That's yeah. the business. So so you're selling. Okay, so you sell to Helen Reddy. Who who else is doing your music oh, in the and early then days? I, I played in person. I think Melissa Manchester. I played in person too. Wow. And then um, and is Bob Ellis Barbara Streisand. I oh, how o- did that happen? I went over to Barbara Streisand's house. At, stay on stay in front of the microphone. How, how did you, how did you get to Barbara? Um, I had a a, a guy, another champion mm-hmm. um, named Steve Jaffe, who. Um, was a publicist, is a publicist. Jaffe and? Associates. He he, he married um, Susan Blakely. Oh, okay. Anyway, so he said, I want to get Barbara to hear you. I want to get Barbara to hear you. And she was at that time, this is so long ago. It's, you know, he's talking, this is like, and then um, D- Davy Crockett stepped into the <laughs> river. Uh, no, it was like, uh, what year? It must have been seventy. Five, mm-hmm. five, seventy-six, mm-hmm. probably seventy-five or uh, mid seventy-five, and so uh, anyway, he arranged arranged it, and I got my little into my little Volkswagen, and I drove down uh, to Carrollwood Estates, mm-hmm. and and there I was before I knew it in Barbara Streisand's living room with John Peters right next to me, oh. and then she came out on the she had back then she had a balcony in her living room, so. <laughs> From her bedroom, I guess. So she came out on this balcony, and she was she had just done her hair, and it was all uh, that curly thing, and for a star is born, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, and and she looked like a big star, <laughs> you know. Wow, that's a star, you know. She had this afghan or something, and it was like <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And she came down, and she went. I thought the radio was on. Was that you, Stephen? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was me, big star. <laughs> Oh, so you'd already been playing for John Peters when she came in? Yeah. Uh-huh. I had. I, and, had, I had been singing him a song. And the, she loved a song that I played for him that he loved called One More Night. Uh-huh. And she wound up recording it. Well, okay, so now so now you're having- And I sat there for like, th- you know, I don't know, like hours just playing songs for wow. her. I mean, it's really, a, it's funny, I've had this experience, but I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, Diana Ross, So have you Streisand. seen have you seen them again later? And then one time with Michelle Phillips, uh, who was, you know, of course, one of Mamas and the Papas, and one thing was interesting about that, she was looking for songs and I was going to play her songs in person, mm-hmm. and then I wound up going to, uh, she was living with Warren Beatty at the time, so I go to... Uh, to Warren Beatty's house uh, to meet Michelle. Mm-hmm. And right when I got there, uh, Jack Nicholson and Warren Beatty were arriving. Oh, stop. Serious. <laughs> and they just had played tennis, and they were just sweaty, and, and they had just <laughs> walking in as I was walking in. Wow. So it was like unbelievable, you know. Uh, it was those just, were the days. Those were the days. And so I sat there, and, and Warren Beatty said, hey, play me a song, you know. So I played him a song. 
uh, called Careless, which was the on my mm-hmm. first album. Mm-hmm. And he actually changed part of it. And he said, <gasps> you know, you don't need this part here. You could do this. And he rewrote part of it. Get, was and it I inc- kept it. Really? Yeah, I kept his suggestion. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen these people later in, like, now you're Stephen Bishop and you've got, have, yeah. you, have you seen these people again in life yeah. through the years? Yeah, you see them through the years. Mm-hmm. I saw Maureen Bay, I talked to him a little bit. Uh, through the years, we I, I hung out with him a little bit because he knew people I knew. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he was a fool. He used to chase girls. <laughs> he sure did. He. Sh- I just saw him recently uh, talk about his new movie, his latest movie with Annette, and he's actually very lovely. Um, I was very impressed with him as a human being. Yeah, that the, the he whole is. Oscar fiasco is a whole other deal altogether. But I didn't think that was such a horrible thing. I mean, it was not his fault. Well, it wasn't. no. We can't blame Warm. I, I, you know, he had the wrong envelope. He had the he, wrong he envelope. Had, he had the wrong envelope. It was just one big fuck fest after no, it was, another. It was but, a, yeah, a big fuck fest. Can you yeah. say fuck fest on here? We can. We can say fuck oh, fest fuck on here. Fest, fuck fest, fest. <laughs> okay, so so now you're you're making money. How how is that changing your no, life? No, I'm not making money yet. Oh, you're still not making. You're selling. Your your people are recording I, for, your songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, uh, yeah. I was. I, I had the. I had my album came out, and yeah, on and on and everything. It was very very good. So, and so are you, um, okay, so wait a minute. So now that's a whole different thing. So now you're ready to do a song pretty soon. Okay, so now your own album comes out and now your life changes. How how does your life changes? Because now you're not just a songwriter. Now you're a singer songwriter and now you're a personality. So how does your life change when that happens? Well, big, it it changed. Yeah, tell. uh, I mean, for a while there, it really changed. I mean, it was for a while there. I was, I was, uh, I did so well that I would like, you know, like I don't take, um, I don't take uh, first class or business class flights unless it's overseas and somebody else is paying for it. Like right. I used to pay for it all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, business class. Yeah, and I just pay, you know, <laughs> fifteen hundred <laughs> yeah. business. I don't do that kind of thing anymore. You mm-hmm. know, that kind of. Thing. It's a whole different story. But when, now. when success first came, it was a, it was different. Yeah. It, yeah, it's tough for songwriters and singers now, and just trying to you know, there's like what four or five record companies is just you know, and there's there's it's really tough. It's mm-hmm. a whole different thing now mm-hmm. than it used to be. It mm-hmm. used to be, you know. It used to be CDs used to sell. Now they're not selling so much. People don't buy them anymore. Because everything's pirated. Everything can be gotten on the internet. I know, but it's amazing that people don't have the interest uh, in, like like when I was growing up, I, I, I loved you know albums and mm-hmm. looking at albums and Absolutely. the song, who wrote the songs, uh, you know, pictures about the artists and mm-hmm. information. I love that stuff, and now it's nothing. Now, well, you, but you now you can just go online. Like, well, but you go online and you can get all the. But it's not the same thing. It's we not that's the same. what we, we were just talking now about. Before it was all on one album. We were talking about this at the top of the show that life has become this screen instead of interacting in person, instead of going yeah. to listen to music live, instead of going to live theater. We're, we're watching everything on the internet. We're reading yeah. everything on the internet. It's a whole different deal. So, so. So, so you're I'm thinking in, I should do a song. So how, how about that medley of hits we were talking about before? Well, I, how much time do we have? Are we're, you, we, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. Because I, I was going to play another song and then ahead. do the medley L- thing. I want to hear it. Well, do this it song all. is a, a song off my my album. Uh, the new one? Yeah, the new new album. The John Gillitton, uh yeah. produced <laughs> album, yeah, John which is Gillett called- John did a great job. Which is called Blueprint. Love, John. 
And uh, he's a he's a the man is talented. He certainly is. He really is. He did a great job. He's he could be a great producer for anybody. He's really good. Okay, so this is the song that um, I wrote. This song, you know, probably about ten years ago or more, long time ago, and uh, it was before nine eleven. And and uh, you know, but it's still all those things in the song really seem to apply. It's called Blue Window. It goes like this. Let's see. Flew home today from somewhere far away. Sat down in my chair, turned my TV on, see the world out there. Saw a plane go down, rebel troops on hallowed ground. We've got a new oil spill the sending men of peace up a steep steep hill tell me have you seen the world through my blue window through my blue window have you seen the world through my blue window? The homeless souls sleeping in cardboard boxes we make more guns Enough to blow everyone To kingdom come And the wind Of change Trickles down In bitter rain Still we search For clues And make somebody's pain Headline news Tell me Have you Seen The world Through my blue Window Through my blue window Have you Seen The world Through my blue window Through my blue Window Have you From Blueprint, Stephen Bishop's new um, yeah, album. I still call them albums. 
can we still call them albums? Yeah, I call them albums. Albums, you can still, still call them. It's albums. still albums. It's still you albums. You can still call them albums. Yeah. You can't um, say, um, you know, record though. Yeah, you can't say. Like record. with my stepson, I go, you know, oh, uh, what's that newest record I heard? He said record. <laughs> yeah, album still works though. Okay, so, um, so. So, so that's a heavy song. That's uh, a heavy song. Very was, heavy, but yeah. you don't hear many songs like that. People don't write like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, true. as far as you know, politically, and we, you know, yeah. I didn't oh. want to blame anyone. I just wanted to say, hey. So have you written anything in our new uh, our oh, new normal? Yeah. Have you? No. No. Okay. Well, I just can't stand it. Well, I don't say his name. I don't. But, like, I yeah. can't stand to talk about him. But. Yeah. But, you know, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, good quality people and they're, you know, oh, no. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really I don't like talking about politics mm -hmm. that much because it's you just get into trouble. It's just, God. Yeah. I, I, I was just wondering if it was inspiring you artistically um, in any Not way. Not really. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's actually the killer of, of creativity is it what is it is. It is the killer of creativity. Yeah. So hey, the National Endowment of the Arts just went. Goodbye. So, <laughs> so, so what... Uh, we're going to go back and hear the, the medley of hits. But oh, yeah, so, yeah, so, but wait, before you do the medley of the hits, so b before we go out, what what um wh is what's ahead of you? What what what's what is something you still want to do? What 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 inspires you today? Uh, Scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Only, yeah. Good, yay! I got that one. Yay. <laughs> See, she's not that young. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 22. It's fine. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Um, what you know? I just kind of see what happens. I just mm -hmm. went to Japan. I just did the a huge cruise thing. You know, just trying to, um, you know. Uh, well, I, I there's something that actually is going on now that um, a movie mm -hmm. that uh, I uh, co-wrote a song on, and I can't really talk about it yet. Okay, they don't want me to talk about it. All right, but before you talk about that, how did you? But get it's coming your out, and it's really got a great movie. Fantastic. How did you place? How did your first song get placed in a film? How did that? How, how did you make that transition um, in your career? Because that's that's huge. That that has to make you more money than than anything. Well, I think the first song that I had in a, uh, a movie was. Let's see. It was. Uh, I wrote the theme to the China Syndrome. Oh my gosh! I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, what a great movie that was. Yeah, that was actually. Wow, talk about political. Yeah, very political. So, so that so I had wrote a, that. That had to change your life. And right also. after that, that didn't really change my life. But what did change my life was the next song. Uh, the the next the, song the for a movie was no. Oh. Let me tell you about some friends I know. <laughs> They're kind of crazy, but you think that show. Taking party till the break of dawn. A Delta car you can't go wrong. <laughs> Animal House. House. Animal House. You yeah. would you were good friends with John Landis. I, I was. Yeah. I was. Good oh, friends. Ah. Mm, <laughs> Drama. <the story>. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So. Oh yeah, because you were in a few of his movies. Um, I was. Yeah. And it was great. We were friends for seventeen years, but. Uh, Life happens. Yeah, life happens. So um, uh, I, I was in um, – the first movie I did was a Kentucky Fried movie. Oh, I love that movie. That's where I did – I didn't do much, but yeah. I just did – I did a, a duck with my hand, <laughs> and then I did Surfing USA <gasps> in this section called Catholic Girls in Trouble. Excellent. 
And then I did um, Animal House and then Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. I was a state trooper. I had a big line. They broke my watch, which was my line. Nice. Um, and uh, that's when the they uh, the cop car turns upside down and the, and the uh, you know the blue sheep uh, and and Ackroyd, they trash the mall um, and uh, all that. That's the uh, I think midway in it. I don't mm. know where the and I play a state trooper. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so then um, Twilight Zone. I was in Twilight Zone as a as a. That was, was GI. Contra- that was controversial. It was very wow. controversial. And all my credits were always charming, which is funny. I, I noticed that in your bio. Yeah. The, the charming guy. The charming guy, yeah. <laughs> charming guy on guitar. Charming guy. Charming state troopers. It's always charming. Well, that's sweet that he thought you were charming. Yeah, that was. Well, we were good friends once upon a time. Um, so, so before we go out with your with your medley of, of of hit songs, do you have a guilty pleasure, Stephen? Is there anything that you indulge in that um, you surprise yourself in any way? Music, food. I don't know why I, I, I thought of the first thing I thought of. Yeah, just just when you said that, because today I I did it. Oh, and it was I make this watermelon drink where I get watermelon. Yeah. And uh, I have these little mini watermelons, but you know, it takes some watermelon, put it in a blender, put okay, like get ready for this because this is different. Okay. Okay, a little Truvia, which is like uh, What's, is stevia, that stevia, like yeah. a little stevia mm-hmm. kind of thing, to make it a tiny bit sweet, but not much, and then some um, coarse sea salt. Ooh. A, a little bit of coarse sea salt in there. So it goes against the, the sweet and the salty. I'm into that. And and then I put ice in it and uh, good water, and then uh, it's just so good. I'm going to have to – I, I like the I like the sweet and salt. Salted caramel is like my favorite. Th- I oh, like me the too. Cor- I love salted caramel. The, the coarse salt in the- – Yeah. Oh, so good. So yeah. I'm a saltaholic. I just – Yeah, um, I am too. I, I ate a bunch of olives anything. yesterday. That, mm. well, I don't even think olives are being salty. Very salty. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I like that. I like that. The watermelon and the stevia and the salt and the. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to try yeah. that. Try it, and try because, it. and there's no there's nothing bad there. No. I mean, salt isn't great, but I know I you know I never have a problem with salt. Yeah, no, me either. My blood pressure is good, so we're we're good. We can yeah. we can have. That. I like that guilty pleasure. I'm going to try that. Thank you. I like okay, that. Okay, you ready for the we're big ready. medley? We're ready for the big medley. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's going to be without Animal House because that was on the charts too. But um, this is the – and I did have this one, so I just should do a little bit of this because the, this was a hit. This was a top 40, but I, I don't know if anybody ever heard it. But it, people, you know, in concert know, know about it. But it's um, – Everybody needs love. Everybody needs love. Everybody needs love. Everybody needs love. It's got a main everybody needs love that thing. sounds like that first song you ever wrote. It's got a little bit of that. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Okay, so uh, let's see now. Uh, let's start it off with... Well, she's kind of pretty. Drives a big car too And when I hold her in my arms I never know what to do If she's got everything she needs What does she need me for? Just a crazy fool Coming back for more And I know She's no good Can't live but I know I should Everybody says Watch out boy She'll break your heart Like it was a toy You better 
Down in Jamaica, they got lots of pretty women Steal your money, then they break your heart Lonesome Sue, she's in love with old Sam Take him from the firing to the frying pan On and on, she just keeps on trying And she smiles when she feels like crying <laughs> That's not so slick. Time. I've been passing time watching trains go by. All of my life. Lying on the sand watching seabirds fly. Wishing there would be Someone waiting home for me Something's telling me it might be you It's telling me it might be you All of my life Maybe it's you Maybe it's you I've been waiting for all of my two. Wait, last one. You called me from the room in your hotel. All full of romance for someone that you'd met. Telling me how sorry you were leaving so soon and that you miss me sometimes when you're alone in your room do i feel lonely too you have no right to ask me how i feel you have no right to speak to me so kind Someday I might find myself looking in your eyes But for now we'll go on living separate lives Yes, for now we'll go on living separate lives. Woo! The screaming. That'll be 25 <laughs> bucks right now. Wow. I feel like I was at a concert. Oh. Stephen Bishop, thank you so. This is one of my favorite shows. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, so. I have to. I, I said it when Stephen was here, but I'm going to say it again because I really mean it. That was one of my favorite shows of he all time. He is so yeah. cute. 
He, well, do you know, did you notice like the huge dimple he has? He is adorable. He has like the cutest dimple ever. I never noticed that before. <laughs> adorable dimple. But we, the three of us, just had a private Stephen Bishop concert. Private concert. Fantastic. We had we really good seats, and we had really good seats. And for Front those row. of you, for those of you who are out there listening to this show. Um, I, I'm thinking those songs sounded pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. It's like spot on. He was complaining that he had a cold. I thought he sounded excellent. I went right to Spotify and <laughs> found him. <laughs> Yay. So, okay, so, Lindsay, I'm going to cut to you first, but I'm just, and you know what? Before I do my takeaway, I want to hear yours because you you were really motivated. This is the first time you've been like, I have something to say. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah, Go. well, because I do. Well, I just admire him a lot because he, like, kind of knew what he wanted to do all along and like mm-hmm. followed it. Mm-hmm. And I had that same dream when I was younger and I like kind of gave up on it Ooh. and like moved somewhere else. But like seeing him and hearing all of that and witnessing just what he like does, I'm like, huh. Are I you might a singer songwriter? I, I kind of, I sang. Okay. I never got like enough courage to do the songwriting part. So, well, maybe. it sounds like somebody need, maybe will revisit an old passion with I think so. I love. I miss my guitar. <laughs> you see, well, there you. That that's what the show is all about. Well, it's about merging creativity and commerce, but it's also about motivating and inspiring us to be creative. Right. Which, uh, yeah, I need. Well, to you go already back. have the the engineering part. You know how to record. So you can make your own demos. And there's right. no reason not to, young lady. Well, no. there I you have go. a microphone and I have a guitar. I just have to play the guitar. Well, there <laughs> you go. And and that's what I, that was, I think my takeaway with Steven is um, he is indefatigable. He was indefatigable. Like the fact that he would just walk up to um, Bette Midler's door and knock and then sit down and play for hours for her and do the same thing with Warren Beatty and with 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 uh, with uh, um, Jack Nicholson <laughs> with Jack with um, no was with over Diana, Diana Ross, Ross and Barbara Streisand Barbara Streisand I mean oh my god that's just first of all he has incredible balls because it takes a lot and it's not just balls he has a lot of I, what I loved he really he knows he's good he has a lot of self-confidence. That's and I, what gets him so far. Like, Yeah. I mean, a lot of artists are insecure and struggle with that. I don't, I don't think Stephen has insecurity. Yeah, I think everyone has insecurity, but I think he knows that he writes great melodies. Mm-hmm. And in this business, a great melody is the gold. Mm-hmm. So if you've got the gold, walk up and ring the doorbell. Hello, Diana Ross. He- I come he- with gold. <laughs> yeah. So and Louise, so do you have anything that you wanted to add as far as what, what the takeaway for you was today? Well, I mean, I kind of agree with John Landis. He's very charming <laughs> and he can play the guitar mm-hmm. and he writes great melodies. And he know it, so he knows that much about himself. Yeah. And uh, he's like song man. He is song man. And I also love the fact that when he sang his stuff live, it sounded as good as the CDs, which is very unusual, um, mm-hmm. I have found. I mean, that, to me, was a perfect concert. I mean, it was just... I was literally going through my head as he was playing. I was like, I don't think this really needs any EQ or yeah. reverb or anything <laughs> like that. And I was like, what? Yeah, I know. He's he's pretty crazy. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing this with me tonight. Um, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get it out on the, on the cyber webs. Um, Lindsay, thank you. Wheezy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. To everyone out there, um, we'll see you 
next Tuesday for a new show on the road taking um, a radio-free podcast here whenever you are. The Road Taken is a radio-free podcast here whenever you are. A new show every Tuesday. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the corner of Hollywood and Vine where I'll be using a bullhorn. Well, you can also get links to all this and more at VickiAbelson.com. That's V-I-C-K-I-A-B-E-L-S-O-N. Please follow, subscribe, review, lather, rinse, repeat. Till next Tuesday. And mine and binge our archive while you're at it. It's rich with information, inspiration, and fun, damn it. Thanks for listening. And if you like to watch, keep your eyes peeled for our next Facebook Live. 